hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Hope you've had a great week and thanks for joining me again. We've had a very interesting week. It's, um, I don't know if you can even hear, but today it is howling wind and it's like gale force outside. So be a very interesting uh, episode today with the fly screens banging on the windows. And so we've spent the week pretty much getting big branches off fences and great big gum tree limbs. And um, so that's our get off the bench for this week, plus a lot of other stuff, but that's the uh, the key thing. So we've uh, spent a few days being absolutely stiff and sore and uh, quite, it's, it's been quite disabling. But speaking about uh, things that are disabling, today I'm interviewing Nina G. And uh, we think that, you know, sometimes we hurt our finger, it's disabling, and sometimes we're chainsawing and we can't move for two days and we think that's disabling. But it's, uh, you know, to live with something for your whole life, you know, um, and have it have to work through those challenges, you know, that's a whole other story. So let me tell you about Nina. Nine years ago, Nina became a comedian and at that point was the only female comedian who stuttered. Nina believes that the problem isn't with the stutterer, but with a society that isn't inclusive or accessible to those who experience this disability. In her book, Stutterer Interrupted, the comedian who almost didn't happen, Nina challenges the status quo of how people who stutter are perceived on stage and off. Additionally, she substitutes the negative emotions of shame, denial and isolation with positive ones of pride, acceptance and community. And despite learning disabilities, she has a doctorate and is now working with students with disabilities to access their education. As a child, Nina had a lifelong dream of becoming a comedian, but never thought she'd be able to go up on stage and make people laugh. Her story is about how stuttering caused her to first abandon her dreams, then to embark on a journey that culminated in a career as one of only a handful of stuttering stand-up comedians working today. As a keynote speaker across the US, Nina has learned that the issues that impact people with disabilities, in fact, impact everyone. Therefore, she hopes her book will not only entertain, but also inform those who don't understand the experience of people who stutter and to help those who do. Nina is also a TEDx speaker and a Huffington Post contributor. So all the way from Oakland, California, welcome Nina. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Um, it's my absolute pleasure. It's uh, really, really wonderful to chat with you. And um, I've had a couple of comedians on, actually, So, but, mm. but never a stuttering one. So No. Well, I'm like the only f- 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 female, maybe in the world, I don't know if the other women who were doing comedy are still do- doing comedy, but 
I'm very rare. So yes, this is a very, <laughs> very rare thing for this to happen. So good to be here. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely wonderful. It's um, and I, I think it's it's hugely um. I'm not going to say brave or, you know, I can't stand that, you know, when people say, oh, it's very inspirational, but it's, it's just it's yeah. just wonderful that, um, you know, just not letting any barriers stop you from doing what you really want to do. And I just love that. Just love it. And I wish Thanks. more people, you know, would just, um, yeah, because at the end of the day, we've all got challenges and we've all got barriers, do you know, and just yeah. push through them and, and, and do your thing because you've only got one shot at life. You might as well bloody enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. No, and for me, it took me so long to get get here, which I know we will get into. But yeah, it's it's really important that people just kind of say f it and do the thing that that they want to do. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could swear, so that's why I said f it. Oh, you can swear, but we we fuck won't. it, fuck yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we won't swear aggressively, but we can swear to accentuate things. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> fabulous uh well uh, you know well let's um you know let's start there's a couple of things that um I do want to hear about your journey into you know pushing through all this and becoming a comedian but I think first you know just on the stuttering um part how many people in the world do stutter it is thought to be about one percent some some estimates think that it's a little bit more because some people can go covert which means that they can kind of hide it and talk around it and you wouldn't know because they're talking around their words and um maybe our soon-to-be president who knows we will find out in 30 days or if trump has his choice it'll be a hundred days because he will um, oh, ch- yep. challenge it. But it is thought that Vice President, f- former Vice President Joe Biden, stutters, or he 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 says that 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 he does or that he did. Sometimes it's in present tense, sometimes it's in past tense. But he it, it, like you can tell when he's talking that he is sometimes substitute words or using things to to be a little more fluent and for me I am more of an overt stutter where you can hear my stutters where I don't necessarily substitute words mm. um, and part of that is is that like I want to authentic like this is my voice this is my speech this is what I got this is how I want to talk and so I don't try to change those words, but some people do, and you would never even know. Yeah, and is there a cure? Uh, no, no, everyone thinks there is, and they love to tell me about those cures, <laughs> but no, there is no cure. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people like to tell a lot of people a lot of cures yeah. about things oh, instead yes. of just accepting people for the way they are. So. Yes, and that is the thing because I, you know, I've gotten like, oh, can't you put this thing on your head? Well, that because there's something called a speech easy, and it does help some people, and that is awesome and great. It also gives you constant feedback in your in your ears and in your brain, um, so that it helps you to not stutter and to be fluent, but you're also listening to your own voice. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I couldn't imagine, like, I, I also have dyslexia and it's hard enough for me to process language to form a sentence or to write much less than like, think about how I'm saying it. So that's, that's a lot of why I choose to just kind of stutter o- openly and go from there. 
Isn't it funny though with um, cures? Because the same with autism. You know, a lot of people think, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to cure this autism. But I, I reckon people with autism are bloody magnificent. You know, I, I don't. I love the way they think. So I don't know why we we want to continually try to conform people to what we call normal when I don't think bloody normal works. You know, we've got that many issues with normal. Why the hell are we trying to force people to be like that? Yeah, it's not like. Uh, n- normal is all that great like i don't know why why everyone's trying to uh apostle size us into normalcy when it's like i see you people you're not doing that great like i'm good i'm good (laughs) (laughs) that's so true and i and uh normal is only a cycle on the washing machine anyway so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh well tell us about your your journey like you you know tell us through your childhood if you want or you know that you're i don't know whatever you know just your journey up till now and just give us a you know a bit of an overview yeah so let's see um when I started to stutter when I was about seven or eight, and uh, and I went to Catholic school, which I told you previously the, before we got on the call. And for me, like what I always say is, you should never pity me for stuttering or having dyslexia, but you can pity me for having those things in Catholic school in the 1980s because that was <laughs> that was freaking hard. Um, so I went through school with those things things um so starting in third grade that's when they were identified and needing uh, accommodations so some adjustments in my curriculum some adjustments in how things were done in terms of extra time on tests or doing the test in a different way and things like that didn't always get those then I went to public school um and had a teacher there her name was Miss Bramlett and she was amazing and great and um and just a really important person in my life because she kind of mainstreamed what it was to have dyslexia and and had high expectations for her students which sometimes students don't always they aren't always upheld to those high expectations but she did Mm. and so i like i started to see myself as a more capable individual because coming out of catholic school i didn't think i could do anything um but in parallel to all of that was my love of stand-up comedy because i discovered like I, i am 47 years old so when i was four years old that's when Steve Martin was like really hot. Like that's the arrow the, <laughs> yeah. through the head. You guys got him in Australia <laughs> oh, too, yeah, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, and so like I, that, that was my first introduction. And then watching Saturday Night Live as a kid and Gilda Ratner, like I was eight years old and I had a, had a stuffed animal that I named after G- G- Gilda Ratner. So like that's how much... I've loved comedy all my life. Wow. And when I, and like, you know, and all the other girls were like going for like the teenage heartthrobs, I was going for stand up comics. Um, <laughs> so, which I like, I've met some of those people. It was like, oh, I thought I was cool for liking this alternative per- person. Uh, when you meet the people that you had your big crush on in high school, it's, it's, pretty much a, a disappointment yeah yeah so, so do not meet your ricky schroeders or whoever the ricky schroeder is in australia um so uh, 
And so when I was like 11, 12 years old, that's when I was like, okay, I think that I want to do comedy. And I read every book on it and I started to write some material and look for open mics. And that went all the way to like 16. And then I was like, you know what? I've never seen a person who stutters on stage. This isn't going to happen. I need to think about other things. And so I decided that the dream would just die, but my love of comedy n never died. And I wrote lots of papers um, in it, it on, on comedy when I was in, in college and in graduate school. I went on to get my doctorate in psychology. And so any chance that I got, like anytime it was an open t topic, I'd be like, okay, how can I plug comedy in this? <laughs> and so, so the love was always there, but the dream died. Um, I went to a conference for people who stuttered when, when I, let's see, 11 years ago, maybe almost 12 now. And, um, and there I realized how much I was holding back, especially as a woman, because, you know, we are socialized to not take up space. And as a person who stutters, like, I felt the double impact of that. Like, it, mm. like I felt guilty to make people sit through my st stutters. Aww. And so, like, and I saw the, it's the women at the conference, and I was like, I wouldn't want this for them. So why am I accepting it for myself? Mm. And then I came back home and I was like, I'm changing my life. I broke up with my boyfriend at the time who I was with for a really long time. And within like, within six months after that conference, I got up on stage for the first time at like 25 years after the dream died. And that was almost 11 years ago this March. Wow. How did that feel that first time up there? You know, like you're terrified and you're scared and then you get the first laugh. And I was like, oh, like, you know, it's my um, I, I, I would lead with stuttering jokes. And like that first few months, I was like, oh, these people must all stutter because they're laughing and relating to my stuff. <laughs> None of them did. It was just funny. And I like I couldn't I couldn't get past that. <laughs> so it was neat. Isn't that great? It's, I remember because I've been a singer for all my life. I'm 57 mm. now and I got up on stage, I reckon, the first time when I was 15. And I played in a little pub, you know, so a little hotel. I don't know what you call them over there. But anyway, mm -hmm. and uh, all these people were, were, I was terrible. Absolutely. Well, what happened? We had this other singer and then who was a girl. And then the night before the, our first gig, she decided not to you know, she decided to pull out and the boys said to me, you'll have to sing. And I said, me? Why do I have to sing? And they said, because you're a girl. And I'm like, that doesn't mean I can sing. <laughs> so, uh, so they've sort of thrown me up the front of the uh, the band and, you know, and I did, did say, people were throwing money at us and I, I am convinced they were throwing money at us to, to shut the hell up, <laughs> you know, to stop singing for God's sake. <laughs> But um, you know, I was I was I was terrified. But I mean, I love stage now. I you know I can't mm -hmm. get off it. So and you're probably the same. Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. Yeah. But that first um, and some people say you know that that uh, they would rather die you know than be on stage. So I I just wish they would learn to love it because it's great. Yeah. yeah no, it can be so much fun. And for me, like like be 
because we are in quarantine as much as Americans are, you yeah. guys are, you guys are kicking ass. We're not. Um, <laughs> and so, um, so, you know, it's like, it's being in quarantine and having so few live comedy shows and having those opportunities. Mm-hmm. I, and so I'm doing comedy on zoom. So if anybody wants to come, come to my shows, you can, because there are a lot of them are, are on zoom now. And that's I, like, yeah, no, and, and it's been great to adjust that way, but it's just like, I can feel like I love comedy so much, and I just feel so fortunate to be doing it that, like, I will do it in front of two people at a dive bar at, like, midnight, and I'll, <laughs> I will do it on Zoom. Like, I don't care who, and I've had, like, people arrested d- during my set, and I just keep on going because, like... <laughs> I've waited this long. I'm not getting off stage. So, <laughs> oh, I know how that feels. I've done the same. It's, oh, geez, I've played some in some in some divey places. Yes. I you about oh, uh, there's so much fun. There's so much nonsense. I so, love it. So where where can um I mean I'm going to ask you at the very end of this because I always do. Where can mm. people find you? But where where are the is the zooms for people to find them? Um, so I announced some on my website at Nina ninagcomedian.com yeah. but I'm a little bit la- lazy about posting so um, <laughs> the best place would be Instagram or Facebook which is Nina G comedian and and they, I and I have a, a fan page there so you so, so so you can find all my gigs there Okay, fabulous. So I'm gonna we'll, we'll we'll go over them again at the very end just to make great. sure no one misses. But that's fantastic. So what a, what a great opportunity. Yeah, it's been really hard, hasn't it, shifting to Zoom because, you know, I also run um, Girls with Hammers, which does conferences, and you know we had one scheduled, and we've sort of we've gone over to Zoom, you know, to do a few events, and they've been really fantastic. And I think we've we've not realised. I mean, I hate the disconnection. You know, I'd much rather yeah. be in person, but I don't think we've realised in the past what sort of tools we've got at our fingertips, you know, to, mm-hmm. to keep people engaged. And, you know, it's just so good. I think this has a, been a great opportunity to open up all yeah. these channels. and You know, and, and it's also d- disabled people because I am a, a disability advocate. They have been telling us for a long time, like, you can work from home, everybody. Like, this yeah. is really a thing. Like, you don't have to go out all the time. Like, and, and like, disabled people are are really the role models in this of like how to live well and because if things aren't accessible to you or because your body cannot encounter certain germs or Mm. like um certain weather what times that 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 the weather's bad or because of your home care and not getting access to somebody helping you be be put into your bed like disabled people have mastered this in the past Mm -hmm. and really we're in a world that is more accommodating to them and we've had to now go inside and understand that world so Mm. we have a lot to owe them because they have paved the way yeah once again once again so (laughs) and in and in the past we've been reluctant you know well I haven't because I've I've worked a long lot of years in disability but it's but Mm -hmm. you know that society has um always 
It was society's always tried to get anybody who's different in any way, you know, to jump into the normal bucket, you know. And, and it's, yeah. as you said, there's so many people out there with different situations who are actually mastering life so much better, you know, than the normal bucket, you know. And it's it's <laughs> it's uh, great that we're having this opportunity to say, yeah. well, gee, what's all well, now? I know what it's like to live in that world, you know. And that's it's and and, and you know, I've got a friend, I've got several friends that are hearing impaired, and with the mask situation. You know, they can't uh, lip read. And so, you know, like for me, I have a little bit of trouble hearing and, and now the masks are on and it's like, I can't understand a bloody word you're saying. Do You, you know, so we're actually starting to see all these worlds yes. that, um, you know, were hidden to us. Well, they weren't actually hidden. We just didn't give a shit. And, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying we, but society. Do you, you know what I mean? Society is mm-hmm. like, well, I, I mean, I mean, in my perfect little bubble, so I don't really care about the troubles that you're experiencing. So this has mm-hmm. been a truly, uh, you know, there's... I mean, I can't stand coronavirus. I can't stand that it's here. I can't stand that it shut the world down. But there's yeah. amazing silver linings in all this if we if we care to look. You know, and it's the whole re- resiliency thing. And I think a lot of people have that resiliency from their past. Yeah. And so they're able to really flourish in this. And and I've seen because I've seen this amongst stand-up comics who, like, there's a stand-up comic in India. Um, who has a mic and and she is to 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 disabled and like she's like I've been here I've done this um and um and she has adjusted and I've seen other comics who have very privileged lives be like I'm not going on zoom that's not real comedy it's like well then you're not going out to do anything and you're gonna suck once once you do go out yeah so (laughs) practice or not like it's just there adjust exactly and it's amazing when you say you know about resilience and that sort of stuff it's also it's about resilience and resourcefulness because yeah. as, as you know and when you're talking about past experiences you know the, the we live in a world today where everything's at our fingertips you know if I want this I order it I want that I just order it I just get it snap my fingers and I've got it you know and and that has really not served us well because now people are like well I can't have that thing right now and I can't have that thing right now and and yet you've probably got everything right under your nose that you need but because we're not um you know we've learned not to be resourceful we we can't find these things but i mean i have loved being locked at home i've loved it but but you know it, we're all different aren't we but yeah exactly yeah yeah, I don't run out of things to do. I just <laughs> find a lot of things to do. Anyway. <laughs> let's start a podcast. Let's 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 do this. Let's do that. Exactly. I've just started making little animation films as yeah. well. It's just fantastic. <laughs> let's do animation. That's <laughs> fantastic. I'm like, well, I think I might just make some films. So you know, but anyway, it's not like I'm not busy, too busy already. Yeah. But anyway, so um, what do you do? Like, you know, just moving back to your comedy. What what do you do if the audience doesn't laugh like do you get do you have experience self-doubt and think shit I'm just not that good you know I'm falling (laughs) apart my act is crap you know do you feel like that oh yeah yeah all the time and 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 there's two times that it happens or like two forms one is when I'm getting ready to get up on stage I have a lot of negative self-talk and this is like it's the better the gig the more the bad self-talk yeah of course so you know it's like I shouldn't be here why am I here I'm not a real comic like 
all all that stuff comes back then i remember oh yeah i'm following this person who sucks who <laughs> you know did like 10 minutes on dead ba baby jokes because they want to look like they are lenny bruce and like super edgy but oh, they just sucked yeah and you know what i'll be fine and so like it, relativity helps me through all of that um and then the other part is is when you get up on stage and you're trying new stuff you do suck mm -hmm. and you just have to suck it up um and that happens for every comic on the face of the earth and you look at richard Pryor documentaries and the first time that he got up after he had the fire accident he sucked the next day it worked and so you just have to keep on working at it and like i really see stand-up comedy as it's like such the practice of resiliency because you're gonna mm -hmm. bomb and you're gonna bomb and you're gonna bomb and all that bombing really helps you to helps you to get good I, I agree. It's strengthening a muscle, isn't it? Mm -hmm, it's just getting mm -hmm. it right. And this is another thing too. Like a lot of people are too scared to have a go at something because they don't want to start messy. You know, they want all their ducks lined up, but ducks never line up. Have you ever tried to chase ducks around a pen? <laughs> They're never going to sit still in a line. It's like you're you know, right. It's... Oh my god, I've never thought of that. You're right. <laughs> What have you ever seen like 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 ducks in a line only if you're the mom and they are imprinting on you? Like <laughs> when right. does that happen? So therefore, if you're gonna start a project yeah. or you're gonna do something you love, you're gonna be mama duck or else don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you know, still. <laughs> but we need we do need to um start messy, you know, it's it's uh like, like my, you know, just saying about animation, you know, I just made this stupid little film and it was so, it was just fun. And I thought, no, screw this. I'm putting it straight out on Facebook. Do you, you know, because it's, that's what you do. You don't wait to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You just, everyone's come back and said, oh my God, that's so cute. You know, and, and <laughs> it, it, if, you, if you make one smile from your messiness, then you, you're mm -hmm. a success. And that, that's what mm -hmm. we need to remember. So what about the hecklers? Like, you know, do, do you get off stage after being heckled and, and think, and does it like does it affect your self-esteem or does it make you more like oh screw you you're mm -hmm. making me more determined you prick which one does yeah it show? well like <laughs> i like i feel like as a person who stutters i've encountered those pricks all my life and so <laughs> like uh, yeah and so for me like what i always compare hecklers to is like I like, you know, it's the people who have a black belt in karate and they just walk down the street hoping some shit happens, hoping that they get attacked <laughs> so then they could just like, and just like Kung Fu their ass. Um, and so I'm the same way on stage. It's like, listen, I have been here my entire life. Whatever you say is not going to be better than what I say. And it's nothing that I haven't heard. There was only one thing that once, and this wasn't a heckle, but another comic, I introduced myself and I stuttered on my name. And he said, is that Nina with five ends? Really good line, really mm. funny. Um, I also like held up both my fingers with a fuck you and said, no, that is Nina with two ends. And I did that. And so I got him <laughs> back like that. <laughs> 
Good on you. Yeah, yeah, no, I was so proud of myself. Um, but like most of the heckles are not, they're not like nothing that I haven't been hearing my entire life. So like I welcome all of that because it's funny. It's a good way to like win over the audience. Um, and also I don't get it a whole lot. Um, mm. I think people are um, a little bit scared of me. <laughs> and that's also part that's of good. the stage presence. Yes. <laughs> ah, that's terrific. <laughs> so what about off stage? Like do you get do you get all you were well, you just saying, you know, you had it all your life. So what's what sort of unwanted comments do you, you do you experience um, off stage? I think like the most the okay, so there there's there there are two that I think have, have an origin in the same way. One was I was once on the radio and an older woman called up with a comment question, which was, I have a friend who stutters and she found true love and now she doesn't stutter anymore. Oh my God. (laughs) And like I put it in my act and I was like, that's the biggest bunch of like Disney princess bullshit that you'll ever hear you know it's just like um you imagine that like true love is gonna solve everything which is like (laughs) what kind of delusions do you have in the world um and then in the same in the same vein um and vein may not be a very great word to use here but i'm gonna say it anyway um so once after a show guy comes up to me and said that I stutter because I'm having the wrong kinds of uh, uh, orgasms. Oh, my God. And I asked him what he meant by that, and he told me, and I was like, I don't think you stutter through that orifice. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so, which, again, that is in my act. But, yes, he, he thought that sex in the butt would be the best way to cure my speech which actually does fit into some psychoanalytic um the the theories that said we were anal retentive because like our words are like our poop and we hold it in so it's like it was very like psychoanalytic of him um (laughs) but like in and the women in his group were like you heard her act like why why would you even say that because she's just gonna make fun of your ass um, and I did, and, that, and now that's in my act. And, <laughs> Good on you. Yeah, yeah. And of course, like, it's both, both of these things, like, the it's the origin is, like, sex will cure your speech or true love. Like, they, like people, like, and, you know, I mean, for the LGBT community, people have said this, too. Like, oh, you just need a good screw mm. from someone of the opposite sex, and you'll be fine. Mm. It doesn't really work that way. Um Wow. And so, you know, it's that same kind of like, it's, it's, it's a really weird thing, but I've experienced that and experienced, you know, people just like saying, oh, just slow down and breathe. Like, you know, like I haven't th- th- thought about that. So there's all <laughs> kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even when you're introducing yourself, like you said before, you know, that when you get on stage and say, N- N-, you know, and do, mm-hmm. do people always try and rush you through your name or, or move their hand gesture at you, you yes know, like shake their hands at you like come on yes and and not on stage um but they do in real life and and i used to have a joke about this and i don't anymore because i 
I don't want to emasculate men more than I have to, but, um, <laughs> but my joke was, was like, you know, when I say, no, 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 Nina, the guy makes his hand, like, you know, hurry it up. And I used to say, is that what happens when you take out your dick in, in front of a girl? Like she says, where's the rest of it? So ah. if someone does that, I, I have a response. <laughs> good on you. That's fabulous. Oh, I think that's that's good, and it's it's the comedian side of you that you know is just is witty and quick, and you know, and can mm-hmm. sort of slap them back in the face for for that sort of stuff. I think. Yeah. Well, and also like every time someone's ever said anything in the past ten years, I was like, okay, if someone says that again, whether that's a heckle, whether that is in real life like in the past i've been like oh you know i've like gone to sleep i was like oh i should have said this i should have said that now i explore all those things that i should have said because those things will happen again Mm. and i write them down and now i have a witty answer that people will think is off the top of my brain when it's not i've had this in my arsenal for a long time but uh, and people are not realizing i don't think that every time they do something like that they're giving you bloody good material Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> that's fabulous. <laughs> oh God, I can I can't imagine though. You know, I've um, you know, I've worked with in the disability field. Worked with a lot of people that do stutter, and and I've seen it. You know, I've mm-hmm. seen the way they're treated, and it's um, yeah, it's 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 not good. But um, you co-produced as well like you know mm-hmm. there's there's so many things you've done it's not just it's not just oh I've got a stutter and I'm a comedian you know you've yeah. done your doctorate and stuff like that but you also co-produced um uh, the comedians with disabilities act mm-hmm. and so like a national touring comedy show tell us about that yeah so that was started by Michael Michael uh, uh O'Connell, who has since passed, but he was a friend and a mentor. And like, really, I owe him a lot because that group, the comedian and the comedians with Disabilities Act is a play on our law here, which is the Americans with Disabilities Act. Yeah. So when Michael started that, it was with Steve Danner, who's a little person, and Eric Mee, who is blind, and Michael used a wheelchair because he had MD. And so, like, it was just, it was such a great chance to develop your disabled voice Mm. for a particular audience who gets it yeah and like when you perform to your own people like your jokes are just processed in a different way like my setup will get a laugh with a disabled audience because they're like who the fuck says says that and they get it (laughs) right then and there we're like you able-bodied people out there it takes you a longer time to get to it um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so and so it just really helped my voice and since Michael's died and Eric and Steve are fathers so they don't get out as much um I've been able to develop that um in a different way in a different path and I do a lot of shows with my best friend Mean Dave who is a recovering addict and in the US being a recovering addict is covered under the ADA so you it, it, it is a, a civil rights law so people can't discriminate against you and they have to accommodate you so it's been really great to 
spread the word both in the disabled and the able-bodied communities that mm. recovery is under the ADA. And I don't know if it is or not, I don't wanna say. Um, and also working very closely with Michael Beers, who is a comic from Mo Montana, um, who's also like one of my favorite pe people on the face of the earth. And he's so funny and so smart and he has a, a physical d disability and also na Native American and does a lot of work in Montana around at activism and the intersectionality. So he just comes at it with a totally different perspective than me and they've been great to great to work with and every once in a while we'll have someone else come on like jade who's from oakland and uses a wheelchair who can't always get access to a stage and that is mm. one of the problems that mm. we found was that michael he would have to be lifted onto the stage because there are so few accessible stages and mm. you know the, the, there's a lot of uh, barriers like that out there for the disabled comic mm. well even as an able-bodied person myself you know getting onto stages like I read, <laughs> oh, god I can't tell you how many stages I've you know had to climb onto or rickety stairs or you know you just about fall yeah. off the side when you get up there so you know they're, they're not even accessible mostly for for people who can who don't have a disability yeah totally that's that's so accurate Wow. Oh, that's good. And then you also um, produced the first compilation album to feature purely disabled mm -hmm. comedy. Now, is that like a uh, compilation album, like a CD, you know, like an audio one? Or? Yes. So you can get it on iTunes and CD Baby and, and, and Spotify and Pandora or whatever's out there. Um, and yeah, and so it's just, I think it's like seven comics. And so it includes the ones that I talked about with Steve and Mike and Eric, um, and, um, and then some other ones too, who have um, so, so psychiatric disabilities, Queenie Titi, who has lymphoma, so lots of others. Um, so, it, and also I'm just so happy that I was able to capture like that time in our lives and that stage in our comedy because Michael who passed away is on there and you can download his whole thing for free if, if you go to CD Baby because I wanted to make sure that the world still had him even after his death. Mm, yeah, fantastic. And what's that album called? It is called Disabled Comedy Only. You you totally got it right by describing it. Um, right. And it's with the Comedians with D D Disabilities Act. Oh, okay. It's part of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. Oh, well, that'd be really fantastic. Good. I'm going to have mm -hmm. a look at that. And now, so... So it's not only that you're on stage, so you're also doing all this advocacy stuff, ab advocacy stuff, and you're really, really sort of bringing bringing the world of disability to the stage and saying, "Hey, guys, you know, stop, don't treat us um, less than because look mm -hmm. at all the things we're able to do." But you also have now um, put that out into a book, so because it's, this is really fantastic. So I'm looking at you know you're doing the stage act, and then you're doing the audio, you know, the CD, and then there's also the the um, reading, so the book. So you're really sort of hitting 
hitting every every area, you know, you know, with this message. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your book, Stutterer Interrupted, which is your second book. So we're going to talk about the first book too there somewhere. Great. Well, tell yeah. me about yeah. the first book first. Yeah, so it's the first book, <laughs> which um, it, it, it is a children's book. You wouldn't know it by how I've been talking, but it, it is a children's book about a kid who learns that he has dyslexia and that he needs accommodations and just going through that process um, and learning that he's still smart, that there are multiple intelligences Mm -hmm. and that the disabled community has fought for their rights because I've heard so many people who have learning disabilities and dyslexia say like, well, you know, it's not like I can't see. It's not like I can't walk. I'm not really disabled like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Those people who you just put down, are the ones that fought for your rights to be in school. So like, yeah, you know, yep. we are all di- di- different. And I really think we have to uh, unify instead of saying, well, at least you know, I'm glad I'm not like that. Um, so I try to fight that in the book. Um, and also it includes a workbook about how to advocate. It is based off of the American law um, of the Rehabilitation Act. So I don't know how applicable it is there, but um, it is on Amazon. The other books, Stutterer Interrupted, is available more broadly, probably for you guys, it would be on Amazon. Um, And it's just about my journey as a person who stutters and finding stand-up comedy um, and just it being the thing that I love and eventually coming to it after all these years and my experiences in that. Mm. Well, and so... Well, there's a couple of things you've sort of hit on, you know, dyslexia. It's, I had a, a guest on um, Richard a few, you know, several weeks ago and he mm-hmm. works, he's got dyslexia and he does this great AI stuff, you know, and he's uh, created a, an app that, that teachers and parents can use to work out whether their kids got dyslexia at an early age, you know, so that they oh, can be dispo- be supported properly. It's fantastic. And, you know, and he was explaining how, you know just how hard it is for a, for a kid with dyslexia and but the problem is and it's the same as autism same as stuttering it's the same as a lot of these type of um, disabilities is that when you look normal you know and I don't mean mm-hmm. that in a degrading way but when you mm-hmm. look normal people have expectations that what's going to come out of your mouth what you're going to learn what you're going to say and write and do is going to fit at the same level as everybody else and when I say level I don't mean above but just on the same yeah. pathway as everybody else and so when you you know people with um down syndrome and you know people in a wheelchair obvious disabilities people always you know expect less which is wrong as well do you, you know and <laughs> right no and, people and, can't they cannot get it right either way no they, no they can't <laughs> and i've seen people you know in wheelchairs and people lean down in their face and patron in a patronizing stance and they yell at them like and i've, I've i used to teach disability i used to teach people who want to work with people with disability and i used mm. to say don't do that they are not mm-hmm. deaf people in a wheelchair are not deaf you know and a lot of people with cerebral palsy in fact nearly all of them don't have an intellectual disability do you know no! so, so they're, they're sort of talking to them like hello what's your na-? no actually yelling but I don't want to do it in the microphone and yeah. it's kind of like stop doing that do you know it, and, and I always said to them when you talk to people I don't care who it is you always talk at the highest level first and if they don't understand that 
drop it down one. And if they don't understand that, drop it down. Don't start at the bottom and patronise people. And, you, you know, but, but all these kids with dyslexia, you know, this is one of these um, hidden disabilities that, you know, the people, kids are particularly getting scowled at at school. You know, why are you putting, mm-hmm. that's not how it goes. That letter doesn't go there. Why can't you read that? And so it's, you know, it, it's so glad you wrote that first book because it's mm-hmm. it's people need to be made aware of the difficulties that a lot of these kids have and it's when I say kids I'm talking about kids by the time they're adults they can probably say hey shut up <laughs> you know I've mm-hmm. got dyslexia mm-hmm. and piss off stop picking on me yes well and we want them to get to that point where they know that the piss off comes because of uh, of of the uh, did, disability because I think like you know like part of having a disability is that you don't like one of my favorite keynotes that I ever did was for a a youth leadership forum in Wyoming and the guy who hired me I asked him what he wanted the it's a kids to know what what he wanted my keynote to be about and he said I want these kids to know that they don't have to take any shit. Mm. I was like, oh, oh, I just fell in love with you. Like, (laughs) that's exactly what advocacy is about. And that not taking any shit comes in many, many, it comes in political ways, in personal ways, in like simple advocacy, big advocacy, all of that. Mm. That, What a great message too. What, What a great advocate. Yeah, he was he's awesome. Yeah, that's that's great. Have you had any feedback from your book that um you know that has anybody sort of come back to you and said, Oh, I'm so glad I read your book and it had such a such an impact on me? Yeah, no, it's been like it's been really touching around that. And I think like right now what's been interesting um, you know, with the election and like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm especially not going to tell Australians how they should vote in the American election. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Don't worry. We all know how to vote in the American election. <laughs> we're, we're not looking fondly on the current situation. Okay. 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 Uh, so I'm amongst friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. But like, um, e- even the progressive people in the U.S., we're saying that Joe Biden, that his so stuttering in speaking style, like they were degrading it and yeah. calling it dementia. And like he may have a little bit of age decline, cognitive issues, but the things that they were highlighting were really because of the so stuttering and mm. there's a lot of degrading around his speech. Mm. Um and I, I found that a lot of people in my life who are not stutterers were telling me like, oh, yeah, this person started to bring up all these conspiracies. I don't know. I, like America right now is just conspiracy crazy. Mm. And they and, and they have a response now of like, no, stuttering. Some people talk around words and he may be doing that in these kinds of situations and it shuts it down. It like just shuts it down. And so it's been really interesting to me that because people's experience with me, they're able to have this language to then 
advocate in these ways and it's like you know third person advocacy kind of stuff and mm. that's been very inspiring to me to see people take up s some of that work because you know also i have a lot of family members who are very conservative um and, and who actually like trump and my mom will say like oh my god they said this they said that about him and this stuttering and it pissed her off um and you know just like having having some background in this about how to explain it mm. i think is very helpful Be, oh yeah and also what i was going to say about that is like when you degrade someone who is famous who has a, a disability i feel that it trickles down and that's why mm. i resent a lot of the comments toward biden even though like you know i would have probably picked someone else too to run but he's mm. who do we have um so stuttering or not um but like it's 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 the it's the trickle effect of that mm -hmm. and like i don't want someone coming at me making fun of me because they saw someone who's very prominent make fun of a person who stutters yep a hundred percent agree and i've seen i've seen trump um mimic biden you know uh, and and mm. to, to be honest i don't know anything about joe biden i'm not even going to comment there because that's not our you know that's away from us yeah. but i i have but i am going to comment on the um dickheadedness of, that trump you know does and and the way he openly in front of people you know and you know takes a piss out of biden but not just him other people like he has caused so much shit in that country and and as you say the trickling down you know when he says you know we we hate mexicans and we hate black people and we hate you know and all that kind of stuff it, mm -hmm. it trickles down to all these incredible bloody almost like civil wars between everybody you know it is sparking mm -hmm. so much um so much hatred towards other people yeah it kind and, of opens the floodgates to a lot of other stuff and it's and it's scary it, it is scary it really is and it's just unacceptable so yeah. I, you know whether i don't give i don't really give a toss about um democrat or republic because we don't even know what half of that stands for over here and we don't give a shit we don't but... either actually <laughs> i don't know that you say that <laughs> but <laughs> it's funny but 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 um i just i just you know, and I don't even know who's the best person to lead your country, but I, I can tell you that that what we see is an absolute clown. You know, you know, making causing riots. You know, and and that's um, and I shouldn't speak on behalf of all Australians because not everyone sees that, but it, it's disgusting. And and when I see minorities, you know, um, absolutely pummeled into the ground by someone with yeah. with such a um you know i i want to say responsible um role but you know it, it it actually makes me really really quite angry and you, you know the, I, I think this this is where the world's in trouble with with people like that having a platform but yeah you know, yeah it's... and and unfortunately it's happening all across the it's a world right now and yeah. disabled people you know, like are like that's just one population it's mm. happening in so many ways indigenous people and yeah. um african americans and you know just like um yeah so it's just it's a weird time and hopefully we can get back in some kind of balance mm. but it's really going to take all of us just not the people from those communities to yeah. make us uh, 
balance again. Yeah, I agree. And it's got to be, it's got to come from the ground up. Everybody's just got to stand together. It's the only way the world's going to get better. And I I keep saying this all the time. We've just got to stand together, be kind to each other, you know, uh, love each other, support each other, barrack for each other, you you know, and Mm -hmm. celebrate each other's successes. And before too long, the idiots at the top, you know, get get sort of whitewashed by all the groundswell. But anyway, that's, I'm having a bit of an idealism, uh, you know, fantasy in my head. But anyway, that it's that fantasy i will think about that at night now that's like that'll be my that'll be my spank bank uh a fantasies to and do you bed. know what if it comes true you know like when most fantasies if they come true they're a disappointment but if that fantasy come true it'd be great wouldn't it yeah that, yeah it wouldn't yeah be a disappointment like in you the know, other ones even if it's a little bit it'll be great yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly now um i've heard the word uh shutter splain or the the term shutter splaining and i don't understand that what does that mean okay so so okay let, let me ask this first do you guys in australia call us people who stutter or people who stammer do you guys use stutter stammer okay stutter. stutter okay yeah. okay okay interesting so yes and because it would be different in the uk where this would be more stammer splaining but for us it would be stutter splaining and so this is when when like fluent people who don't stutter tell people who do stutter how they should stutter or how they should be fluent and (laughs) kind of taking that expertise over you know it's like mansplaining or white splaining um it's like oh i know more than you because i was listening to the national public radio and they had a segment on it and so now i know everything let me tell you that you should just uh, slow down so that kind of thing (laughs) <laughs> like the lady who now let me tell you how to cure it if you just have to find yes. love and you will cure um stuttering perfect example of stutter splaining jump right in there. the cold bath and you know the cold the cold water <laughs> should give you a shock and you'll be able to speak properly yeah, yeah no yeah. all that stuff we've heard it all <laughs> wow it's arrogant real arrogance isn't it real arrogance and like and it comes in like other forms like sometimes it it, it is a sexual like 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 the examples earlier other times it it is a spiritual and like once i was getting a massage from a new age hippie so like they were the ones with like the crystals and like you know i i'm sure you guys have them there um yeah and and she was just like oh you know singing is so good for your soul why don't you sing because that will help your stuttering and i was like uh so something is bad with my soul that is the message here and so Mm. it's those kinds of examples are things that we get um from multiple people in multiple ways um and then just like the good old-fashioned um oh have you tried this thing i have a cousin who took gluten out of their diet because gluten is you know that is the origin of everything um at least in the bay area where i'm at (laughs) and also the thing to cure everything is it it is marijuana so like you know like everybody has some kind of cure for something um and and stuttering is um seems like a good place to apply all of those cures wouldn't it 
be good if instead of them saying, well, look, I, I listen to radio and I know how to cure your stutter, wouldn't it be fantastic if they said to you, how does it feel? How do you feel when people, you know, don't take you seriously? Wouldn't it be good if they asked you questions to try and understand how it feels to be in your shoes rather than tell you how you should be in their shoes? Wouldn't that be great? Yes. No, that would be awesome. And also, like, if sometimes, like, in in terms of a relationship too, I think, like, you can't, like, um, like, Sometimes I will get people in my Facebook who I don't know. They're not friends with me, but they'll be like, hey, I'm a speech and language therapy student. Can you write to me about everything that you've tried to do to resolve your stuttering? I was like, A, I don't know you. B, uh, I'm not doing your work for your class and see like, why don't you get to know me first? Yeah. And so, you know, I think there's like also a thing where like, and, and I talked about this for a long time with my psychologist, which is like, you need to make something so prominent that it's not prominent anymore. And it's this weird tightrope of like, you have to make it a thing. So it's no longer a thing. Like, yeah, let's yeah. just talk about it now so we don't need to talk about it, which is a strange place to be. And that's where, like, I'm really happy. Uh, and a good example of this is when I was uh, dating and I was um, doing online did dating, I would send out information about how to talk to a person who stutters. And, and a lot of it was, like, I don't want to go out on a date and have to explain it to you. Mm. Like I do that all day long at my job and I do that on stage. And if I'm not getting paid, I don't want to <laughs> educate you. <laughs> and, and, and then my psychologist, um, who, who is an African-American man married to a white woman said, well, I like, I've had to explain things to my wife because she doesn't understand my, my experience, you're going to have to explain things to a future partner about what it's like. And so I, I would love for people to engage, but also I think there's a time and a place. And that's why, and that's why I'm like, oh, you want to know information about stuttering? Why don't you buy this book that is on Amazon called Stutter Interrupted? And so I refer them there. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Oh, it turns into a sales pitch. Oh, that's wonderful. And I agree with you, you know, putting things out there first. Uh, I always say that to people, put it out, put, just put it out there first. And mm-hmm. then nobody can, you know, I do a lot of vulnerable sharing, yeah. you know, with our videos. And it's like, I'm going to put stuff out there because then it's not, not because of that, because you seriously want some feedback or something, but then nobody mm-hmm. can say, oh, you know, this and that. Like with me being gay, you know, it's kind of like, I, I don't give a shit. It's out there. Do you know what I mean? And so then mm-hmm. people aren't sneaking around going, oh, I wonder, I wonder if she is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just just there it is on the table. I wonder if she knows she's gay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, and people, like, and that is the thing, is that it's such a distraction. That's why I always uh, yeah. d- d- disclose in my personal life, on stage, just everywhere, because I'm, like, people will get distracted by it yeah. because they're thinking, does she know? Does she know? <laughs> like, of course I know. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Shit. Now you you're also a teacher, so you so you work with students with disabilities, do you? Mm-hmm. To, to... Yeah, I work at a community college, yep. and so I um, help with the. Uh, accommodations process and the ed planning and the advocacy at the school too yeah and so um working with people with disabilities to help them get jobs or to no to to... get their education oh okay yeah yeah yeah. so yeah yep yep so like um supported education so that they can come out the other end with with the same degree as everyone else yes and will with the same standards and everything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic. So has um, stuttering affected your ability to learn? Like I know you said before about, you know, having some help with your mm-hmm. dyslexia earlier in your years, but how'd you go with your doctorate getting that? Yeah, so it hasn't impacted my ability to learn per se. I think my dyslexia has. My dyslexia very, very clearly. I would need to read the same page four times. I would need, um, ideally, I do better if I have an audio book. So I have a service called bookshare.org where I download the book and the computer reads the book out loud. It goes, it's like super Mm. fast, but I'm able to process it that fast because I've been reading it like that for a long time. So where I read at 110 words a minute without an accommodation. Mm. When I get the book on my phone and the computer reads it out loud, I'm able to read at 350 words a minute. And it sounds like gibberish to everybody else, but that's really what a strong reader reads when they read Mm. is 350 words a minute. So it puts me on an equal playing field field. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things with my dyslexia, yes. Now with the stutter, when I was in grad school, um, like sometimes teachers would say, well, you know, in the evaluations, like, oh, you know, she stutters and it could be a hindrance, but she's able to talk about it, but it seems to be due to anxiety. Oh. And and it's not. It, I stutter, like, like today I'm having a, a pretty fluent day. Tomorrow I'm I may not. And so, you know, it's very confusing to people who don't have a a disability because they don't understand that, just like you said earlier. And so for me, it was more the discrimination that I faced because of it instead of it being a learning barrier. Mm. Um, And that really wasn't until grad school did I face that. And it comes back again, doesn't it, to that invisible disability and the expectations yes. of people. It's um, yeah, and and yeah. also I think that people think that the higher up in education you get, and you know I don't know what it's like there, but in the U.S. the and I'm going to stop saying I don't know what it's like there. <laughs> we all know I know nothing about Australia other than Paul Hogan and platypuses. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, well, you've probably got a bit to learn, but that's okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Carly, oh, my God, I can't think of her name right now because of my dyslexia. Carly you guys, No, 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 oh, but her, oh. too. Her, too. Oh. I uh, I know her, too. Uh, no, and I'm probably getting her Carly. Carly, oh, you guys have an awesome advocate there. Oh, I know Carly, yes, and I'm, I just can't think of her last name at the minute. Okay, so you know who I'm talking about, and she wrote a book. Yep, yep. I do. Yes. Yep. Okay. And she wears really cute clothes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. So yep. her. I know her. And yep. so you, you know, like uh, Paul Hogan, her, 
and platypuses. That's all I know about you guys. I don't know, <laughs> know that much. And my friend who is a stuttering professor at one of your schools, Grant. Grant, he gave me a, a kangaroo um, pouch made out of kangaroo balls. So again, oh, that's my yeah. other Australian fact that I know, and that's around my house here. So um, anyway, I, so I'm not gonna say that anymore. We know I don't know anything. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. So... and for the record, we don't all have kangaroo pouches made out of kangaroo balls. Yeah, oh, so... so that's special? Yeah, that, <laughs> that's pretty special, yeah. We... Oh, thank I've you, never... Grant. I've never seen one. I, I thought it was like a custom that Australians would meet no. Americans and give them that. No. 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 Oh. No, okay. we prefer to give you a go, mate, and give you a hug. Yeah. Oh, or, or, okay. Or a punch, well, punch on the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I got all three of those things from him. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you, Grant. Um, okay, so I forgot what I was going to say that before I said that I don't know anything. Um, but what I think it was. <laughs> Was that the American school system um, in the U.S. for co college, it's, it, it's not the most inclusive place in the world. And the higher up you get, the more you feel that. And, and I think a lot of times people want mini-me's. So I want somebody who looks like me, who sounds like me, who walks like me, who has the same genitalia as me, who is the same orientation, so, so, so sexual orientation as me. And like they foster more of themselves. Yeah. And when you counter that narrative, it's, it is harder to be in, in, in in college so access is not enough we also need mentors and we also need an attitude shift that everybody who can do the work be belongs in higher education mm, yep no i agree and isn't it good you know you're saying uh before about you know, you're listening to audio books. And I think that's the key, isn't it? It's about finding the thing, you know, finding mm -hmm. the tools that is going to work for you because we've all got different learning styles as well. You know, we can't all read a book and learn everything. And when you said th 350 words a minute, I've, you know, I've written two books, but I don't even, I can't read that fast. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've, mm -hmm. got to, I've got to read each word and imagine I'm watching a bloody movie as I'm reading it. <laughs> it takes me, it takes me three months to read a bloody chapter. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, so we're all different. And it's, I think it's, you know, when you find the, the thing that um, helps it's fantastic by the way I was just thinking that Carly is Carly Finlay that's who she is yes 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 yes, yes. yeah I knew it I couldn't I couldn't couldn't get it straight away but I've got it now so and what about dating does stuttering affect your dating I mean we've got to go down that path don't we well it doesn't right now because I am married but it did before <laughs> that um well, let's so, hope it doesn't you know yeah interfere now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so i think like and there are multiple ways there's like the first date kind of stuff where um like you just have to explain to people about it and i've had some friends who don't disclose that they stutter for a really 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 long time for me, that's not even possible. <laughs> like yeah. you are gonna find out very, very soon, as soon as I open up my mouth. Um, but for, um, you know, and just like explaining it in a way that is more empowering than not, mm. um, I think is a challenge. And the way that I disclose is 
uh, I stutter and you're just going to have to wait for all the brilliant things that I have to say. And that's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and then I'm saying that I am smart. This doesn't impact my uh, intelligence. And also it's a, it, it's a, it is a subtle, nice way of saying to shut the fuck up. Yeah. So that is one of the things that I do both like in the world, but translating that into a date kind of thing and being online i would send them like here's some information um so learn now and some of the guys were like oh you know if you feel you have to send this out then maybe maybe you're not ready to date i was like yeah wow thanks for telling me this now because yeah i'm not ready to date a prick so well, that's probably um, good anyway you know they they sort of highlight themselves as well I don't want to date you so thanks very mm-hmm. much yeah. yeah and and you know and it's what I say is that a disability is an asshole detector yeah that like how someone responds you're like oh okay that's cool I know to avoid you now so mm. there's lots of that um my husband is someone who I met at an open mic and we became friends first. And so he saw me do my act again and again and again. And we were in cars for a long time. So we talked about like, it it was such a natural way for him to understand what stuttering was. Mm. Um, So I'm very thankful to have had stand-up comedy um, be an avenue to help give those words and to help educate him Mm. um, and to get him comfortable with the whole process. Mm, That's fantastic. Now, you talked about dating before, so I thought I'd throw that in, but I'm I'm Mm -hmm. glad you uh, found someone who isn't a a disability arsehole. That's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) And when you do do a lot of um, keynotes around the place, is the topic around um, disability advocacy, is it a lot about that or is it about stuttering or is it about... it, it, it's different stuff. A lot of times it's about resiliency. Um, I do a lot of stuff around higher education and just talking about my story. Um, and, um, and just like the elements of that you need to be an adult who's relatively successful. And like, you know, I live in a one bedroom apartment with my husband, like, uh, like money wise, we are not (laughs) successful. Mm. But like, you know, I, I am able to do my work and I found something I love. And a lot of that comes out of having people in my life, whether it was my parents, whether it was my special ed teacher, Miss Bramlett, whether it was mentors along the way, who really got inside of me. And they're the ones who who I who helped to embody a spirit in me that I could do stuff. Mm. And um, and so talking a lot about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it would be very inspiring, that's for sure. And it's when you talk about success, you know, and about money. There's, it's a, it's a shame that we most people equate success to money. Do you, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think I think success, and and you know, I've, I'm a bugger with money. I've got a money issue. You know, I can't bloody attract it. You know, I've got to I've got to stop saying that. <laughs> but you, you know, like I'm I'm not I'm not um you know wealthy. But it's it's I I feel incredibly successful because I've changed thousands of lives. You know, and at mm-hmm. the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think you've got to say, well, you know. You've, you've got to have your own version of success and, you know, be comfortable in that. So, yeah, yeah. No, and I think, you know, do, doing some of the work we do and especially as a comic, um, 
like to me, like I, I feel I'm more of an artist than I am like an entertainment comic because yeah. like, you know, like I know that I'm probably too old and not so skinny enough to get onto Netflix. <laughs> and here in the U.S., like if you are disabled and a stand-up comic, you're, you are almost always a white guy. And so, you know, like when you don't match what they want, you mm. have to find some ways around that and 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 i and i've and i've come to a place where i'm really happy with um with with with, with the things i do in stand-up comedy i'd love to sell s some more books but you just have to take the opportunities that you have so i and so i appreciate all of that yep i agree 100 percent wow well this has been fantastic now this um podcast is a uh, it's to inspire people to get off the bench, you know, hence the name. Um, what advice would you give to anybody who, who like would really like to try something and let's go down this path, but they don't because they feel destined to fail simply because they've got a condition or a disability mm. or some other situation um, that may be seen by themselves or by others as disabling? You know, mm. what, what advice would you give them to do their thing? Yeah. You know, I, I actually was on a Zoom show last night and a woman texted me or, you know, she like privately Zoomed me in the messenger and said that she is disabled and she wants to do stand-up comedy, but she is concerned about how she'll be re re received by the audience. Yeah. And I like the thing and i'm going to talk to her but i think like the thing that i want to tell her is the thing that we started off with here which is fuck it like mm. fuck it like just try it it's like just do it and see what whoa what happens and like if you do have any of those things that you mentioned any condition or a disability or or you're from a minority group and you know and it's just like one more thing like we we've already encountered those things that are painful in our lives mm. so we have a tolerance so fuck it just try it and do it as long as it's you know something safe and all of that like yeah. if it's you know like oh yes my dream is to jump off a b building into a glass of water maybe maybe don't say fuck <laughs> it then. like as long as you're safe you know try it out <laughs> I agree. Just try. Just try. And you know what? It doesn't matter if we fail. We've got such a, a negative, you know, negative thought process around fail. But fail, like, oh, my God, I've failed that many times. I have screwed up that many mm -hmm. bloody times. And it, it just builds your character. It really does. Yeah. And some days I crashed. You know, some days I, I, I have a bit of a breakdown, a bit of a meltdown. and then I, But then you get back up again, you know, and you just say, oh, look, you know, I'm going to give it another crack. And yeah. I think that that's that's what life's about you know life's not about being perfect you stand up and you're perfect and like you know it's the whole thing that you need 10,000 hours of a skill to do something well what if we like rephrase that as we need 10,000 hours uh, uh, of failing to f fail well to be successful at <laughs> fa failing because I, yeah. I mean, that is just something that um, is a really good skill and we should learn how to fail in multiple ways. Yep. 
and then not see it as as a disaster. Like it doesn't mean that you you know you're ostracised from society because you have a failure. Mm-hmm. I think it makes a better person actually the more you fail. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. All right. Well, I have. Um, I love the great advice too, and I absolutely love speaking to you. This has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. Um, before you go, we need to know where people can find you. I know we touched on it before, but um, let's give us all again. You know, like website, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of that kind of stuff. Um. So I would love to hear people's thoughts, and if they buy the book or anything like that, I would love to hear from you. Um. And also, you can come to some of my shows and you can go to ninagcomedian.com and on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, I'm at ninagcomedian. So you'll be able to link up there. And also on LinkedIn, I think I'm ninagcomedian on there too. But I think all of that is linked from my Facebook. So you can check that out. Also, my book uh, has a website, which is stutterinterrupted.com. Fantastic. And just for... In case nobody's looked at the show notes, these are all going to be in the show notes, but in case nobody's looked, it's Nina G and it's just the letter G. So Just um, the letter G. Yeah, so guys, uh, you know, check her out because what an amazing story. It's just fantastic. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I have loved this. So um, thank you so much for joining us from all the way from California. You know, I love, I love technology. It's just such a good thing. You remember you used to have to do interviews in person and all that sort of stuff. So you're so limited, you know, but this is just so good. I can speak with people all around the world. And, you know, without all this technology and internet and everything else that some people complain about, I would get to meet people like you and it's I know and she no stories. thank you so much now 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 when I talk about uh, Australia it'll be more than platypuses grant and cook Carly so I really appreciate this I'm going to add Karen to that list now. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> I, I'm your I'm your genuine Aussie yeah yes, true yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's been it's been and, and take the kangaroo balls off because uh, I don't and there's very few people who do that and if, <laughs> most of us wouldn't it would be horrified at that but anyway <laughs> Well, you don't know Grant. No, that's so. not, I might have to meet him. So, yeah, yeah. Say Grant, great. Grant, inappropriate gifts. Yeah. <laughs> inappropriate uh, representation. You uh, know, and 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 in stand-up comedy, they say always, always end on a dick joke. So I think this is a perfect time to end. So that's perfect. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's just been absolutely wonderful. And, you know, look forward to keeping in touch and, you know, you know, and following you. And, and, and I'm going to jump in on one of your Zooms as well and have a look. So sounds fantastic. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. See ya. Oh, guys, how was that? Now, look, you know, this, it really pisses me off that people are so judgmental, you know, with other people that are are showing different things like people with autism, they, you know, they don't, they look normal and you just think, oh, you know, they're so normal. And then they open their mouth and you think, oh, what the hell's wrong with them? You know what? We need to cut that shit out. We need to stop that stuff because if we celebrate every single person for who they are and we, we, we embrace them and we, we cheer for them 
them, you know, not not because, oh, you've got a disability and you're doing something special, I should cheer for you. Not that. We should just be cheering for people, every single person who has a crack at anything. Just cheer for people. And this is where the world's going to, you know, evolve. When we're talking before about groundswell, you know, coming up from the bottom, the, the, the leaders at the top dead set, are, and I don't have to say it, most of them are dickheads, and this isn't helping the world. What we have to do is to start supporting each other at the ground level and really building a groundswell of love and it's the only way we're going to make a better world and if you think that you whatever you've got isn't a contributing factor you're wrong because every single person in this world counts every single person in this world has got their own unique gift and their own unique stuff that they're bringing to the world it's like a gigantic jigsaw puzzle and please put your bit in and I know you know sometimes I feel like a hypocrite because sometimes I feel like you know I I have days when I'm like oh I'm just going to quit it's not working and everything else but I do get back up and the point is that we're allowed to have bad days but we do all have a special jigsaw piece whether we're a stutterer, whether we've got a disability, whether we're gay, whether we're black, whether we're white, whether what well, doesn't matter, any of that kind of stuff is totally irrelevant. It's the gift inside us that we're bringing to the world that matters. So anyway, I'm ranting again because you know me, I go on and on, bang on and on about all sorts of stuff that I love and I'm so damn passionate about making a better world and I'm so damn passionate about seeing you flourish with the thing that, that you've got inside you that's going to help the world. So that's enough for me. Um, thank Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for listening every week. Really matters. And I really hope this is bringing some goodness to your world. So I'll catch you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.